0: Well, good evening, everybody. I hope you've had a a good day. Um, David's going to come and present to us here in just a few minutes. Uh, He's got some videos that he's going to show about Voice of the Martyrs. And how how many of y'all have heard of the ministry Voice of the Martyrs before? Okay. Uh, This is going to be some some awesome stuff. It's going to be some real stuff. Uh, David was very mature in asking... Uh, should we show what we're going to show tonight? And I said, yes. And, you know, if there's anybody, if, if, you know, if you're not able to, there's not going to be scenes of, of extended torture or anything like that, but um, if there's any, any fallout from that, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that. Very,
1: if, very brief. Right, right. Nothing,
0: yeah, nothing extended. Right, there, there is some, some stuff, So, but I'll go ahead and take that. Um, I think in our culture today, we, we need to, uh, to understand and be real, and we know that the Bible is not safe for the family. We all realize that, right? When you open up the Bible, it is not, it is not just uh, a child's book that's edited down, so this is going to be some awesome, uh, real stuff. It's hard for me to hear presentations like this and not be strongly emotionally moved, and I'm not really uh, an emotional person. And so um, I saw a post today and it said that, that, uh, that faith is not a feeling, but that faith is being able to go past feelings. And someone commented on the link, it said, and as most men ask, what is a feeling? I think a lot of times I resemble that. But this is some powerful stuff that you need to hear and that I need to hear on a regular basis. It's going to be great. Uh, David's going to get into the meat of it. He is actually, his family's from Franklin County. He may tell you a little bit about that if time permits. Uh, but over here to my uh, right and your left, we've got some, he has some information about Voice of the Martyrs books and uh, great stuff. We're also going to pass around a sign-up sheet. And if you're not signed up to receive their free newsletter or their free email um, updates, please do that. It is, it is great stuff. Uh, this is a ministry. <coughs> that I support, just just me, not Rocky Mount Baptist Church, that I strongly believe in, um, in what they do and what they're for. So please make sure to sign up on that to receive that information. And um, we also have a plate over here that if the Lord moves you to to give to this ministry, um, I'd encourage you to do that as well. David is a volunteer. What's the actual title? Voice volunteer. Okay, the Voice Volunteer Network. So he doesn't get paid for this. This is just something that he and other like-minded volunteers do out of their own time, pay their own gas and so forth to go and to speak and to uh, let us know what being a Christian is really like out of this bubble. Because we all all realize this is a bubble. Amen? The U.S., the Bill of Rights, First Amendment, all the way through the... That's a bubble. Most people in the world... Will never realize what that's like, and most people have never even been able to to even conceive to live in a place to where you would have the freedom to worship God as you choose. That that that's that's beyond a dream, but it's reality for us. But for most people in the world, it's just um, it's simply just just a thing. So, David, we're going to give you a warm Rocky Mount Baptist Church welcome. Y'all, let him know that he's loved, and you're ready to hear it tonight.
1: Let me pray. Amen. Holy Father, Lord, I truly pray that these people did not come to hear me, but they came to hear Jesus Christ and that uh they would learn how to live a different kind of life than they have in Father, and teach me every day, Father, how to change my mindset, how to uh to get out of my bubble, uh, like Jeff mentioned. And Lord, teach us all how to more honor and serve you in everything we do. And through learning about our persecuted brothers and sisters, uh, let us do that better. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, I normally don't give this kind of introduction, but my name is David Dudley. Uh, the reason I'm here is because of the camera guy in the back. That's my son, Brian. This is his uh, 16th birthday trip. Um, my family's been in Franklin County for uh, 150 years probably. Uh, my father, well, Becky's Becky's dad and uncle is my father's first cousin. Uh, my dad was born about, what, four blocks from here, six blocks from here. On, uh, how do you say, it, Tally Farrow or Tolliver? Yeah.
0: Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> the first house past the Lynch funeral home. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to put a plug in there for funeral homes, Lee.
0: <laughs>
1: <coughs> <laughs> but my father was born there 93 years ago, last October. He lived there for five years and, uh, told her I wasn't going to cry. But, uh, Rocky Mountain's been a part of my life for that many years. My father moved away at age 5, uh, 1,700 miles away. My grandfather took five kids when he was 55 years old and moved to the farthest south county in Texas to to farm. And uh, did that for another 30 years. My father took over the farm, and uh, he is with the Lord today. Uh, but in 1967, came and met... Becky, I guess you were six and I was eight and uh stayed with uh even Willie Parcell, if anybody knows her name. Uh her well our awesome. great great aunt and uncle. I have aunts, she has aunts. <laughs> but uh Brian's my fourth child that I've taken a sixteenth birthday trip. And uh it's been a blessing. We came here Monday and we're just here meeting family. Uh, hauling hay, playing with the cows, and, uh, just having a great time, uh, at the museum, uh, that was, his wife was my second cousin. Had no clue who he was until two days ago. And so it's really been a blessing to, to come back to, uh, Franklin County and Rocky Mount. Uh, I live in, I don't know if I tells you, I live in Maryville, Tennessee. Uh, got away from Texas, had to move to the mountains, so we lived 20 miles north of the Smoky Mountain Park, uh, just south of Knoxville. And so, that's what brought us here, and let's share about the ministry. Uh, is This went blank, is this still on? Okay. Um, what thoughts or fears come to mind when you hear the words Muhammad or Hussein? Uh, hate, fear, uncertainty. Uh, well, in a few minutes, I'm going to share with you how these two names can help all of us live stronger lives for Christ. Just keep those, mind, those names in mind. Muhammad and Hussein. Um, Voice of the Martyrs was started um, officially in 1967. A pastor from Romania. He was a Jew that converted to uh, Christ in the 30s, I think. Um, He became a pastor in Romania. And right after World War II, um, they were in a meeting where the communists were meeting with pastors trying to convince them we can be together. And um, most of the pastors were buying the propaganda. And Sabina, his wife, punched him and says, Are you going to let them spit in Jesus' face? And he said, If I do, you'll be a widow. And she said, I'd rather be a widow than married to a coward. So Richard Wormbrun stood up and spoke his mind about what they were saying in the meeting. Shortly after that... um, he was arrested for the first time in 1948. Uh, Richard Rohanburn spent three times in prison for a total of 14 years. One time he was underground for three years. Uh, never saw the sun, a face, a child, a leaf, anything that we consider uh, as beautiful. He saw nothing but black. The doors would open, the food would slide in once or twice a day and that was it for three solid years uh, other times he was in dorm room settings with other prisoners but he was beaten he was tortured he was mentally abused and I, I don't remember reading this but today my son said that he, he didn't even remember what had to form letters to, to write because his mind was, was so atrophied I guess from from uh, non-use, uh, being challenged in life. Uh, in 1965, uh, he was released for the third time and his family was ransomed out of Romania for $10,000 for some, from Christians in Norway. And he got to Norway and then to the United States. And he made a promise, God, I will tell the world what I've, what I've gone through. Can I ask some, can I get some, i might, you might have a cup of water or something. Not, I'm using not this way, but I've got... I'm just really dry right now. Um, and in 1967, Richard uh, got out a typewriter and made a one-page newsletter and sent it out to a few hundred friends. And uh, did that list go around? Did y'all start that? Okay. Uh, this today, this was this last month's Voice of the Martyrs newsletter. and uh, this he, Lito, or no, your name <laughs> Jeff told you the price, zero. It's been free for 45 years. There's over 750 families that get this every month. so please don't have the cost be a problem. Please sign up for the newsletter. This is what we want everybody to have so you can fall in love with these faces. And the, the, names and the people's lives and hopefully it will change your prayer life. Um, but he, uh, he, uh, printed the newsletter and started the ministry and I have a feeling, I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling he thought that this was just going on in Eastern Europe. And, um now Voice of the Martyrs is in over 52 countries. Um some of it's communism, three or four of the countries, but you have China that's a major chunk of that. You got Cuba, North Korea, China, Vietnam, but so many other countries that we're involved in are Muslim countries, Buddhist, uh, Hindu countries that, uh, that hate the name of Jesus. And so Christians around the world are, are being persecuted on a daily basis. Maybe not martyred, to the point of death, uh, which many do, but so many have to make a daily decision. Do we meet like this? Did y'all make that decision hard tonight? Or was that a hard decision? For many millions of people, that's that's a hard decision every week. Um, excuse me. Uh, I'm going to read out of Acts sixteen. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit and then I'll read some. This was where Paul and Silas got to uh Philippi and um this slave girl came up to him and started following them around day after day, saying, Listen to this guy, he's you know a prophet or whatever. And uh, Paul finally realized that she's not one of us. And he yelled out, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At the at that moment, the spirit came out of her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into the prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. And by midnight, Paul and Silas had both contacted their attorneys to get them out of this unfortunate situation, they had yelled and hollered to let each inmate know that they were innocent of any crime. They had handwritten a first draft of a letter to the local branch of the GCLU, the Greeks Civil Liberties Union, explaining their unwarranted arrest, beatings, floggings, personal humiliations, and also a request to file a petition for a class action lawsuit against the Philippi City Police Department. I'm sorry, that's the wrong version. What's wrong with that version? What were they doing at midnight? They were singing. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up, he was about to kill himself, and Paul said, No, no, we're all here, don't worry about it. And what happened to that jailer? He became a believer, and his whole family changed his life. And probably a lot of other prisoners that were sitting around watching. Uh, This is the American version. This is the biblical version. But how many times... If that were to happen to somebody in America, would we not be calling our lawyer, trying to get out of something, or taking this opportunity to to minister? I ask you to think about the names Muhammad and Hussein. And I'm not talking about a prophet or... A despot leader of Iraq. Muhammad was a drug user until he came to know Jesus uh, just four years ago. Muhammad was at the beach witnessing to people when he was arrested by police. When they arrested me, I just knew that God was sending me to a place to witness. So I didn't fight or argue So they took me to jail. They took me to jail and I saw two people who were chained together for their, their serious crimes. When I came to these people, I told them, God has sent me to you. By faith, I believe that those who are around me, God has sent for me to share the gospel. So I shared the gospel very briefly, just about 15 minutes, and they received Christ. I only had those 15 minutes to share the gospel because immediately after I shared, the police came and said, uh, you've been very good and you shouldn't be here. Um, you were very kind to us and we want to release you. They opened the door and I said, and said I could go. When they opened the door to release me, I hugged those two criminals and they were crying and hugging me really hard. So the warden of the police was like, You have only known these people for 15 minutes and you act like they are family. Well, they were. This man named Muhammad, I have no idea what his last name is. He's obviously not a prophet of the 600s. Four years ago, he met Jesus. And in that short period, got the maturity to realize, I've got just a few minutes maybe to witness and tell this guy about Jesus. They said seconds after he prayed with these guys, the jailers came and says, "Come on, you don't need to be here." And he's taking two other guys to heaven with him. Do we take those opportunities? I don't. I'm not preaching to y'all. There's a mirror right back to you, pointing right back at me. God's maturing me, and it's exciting. But so many times I do not have this mindset. Somebody cuts me off, I get mad. Somebody extends in front of me in line and cuts me off in line. And I don't think, I could witness to this person, I think, how rude. Look what he just did. Instead of taking the opportunity, okay, I'm okay. and, And just hand him a track or witness to him. And I don't do that. Hussein, we've all feared him, haven't we? But not this one. Uh, I would be, I would rather be the father of a drug, drug addict than a Christian, Hussein's father screamed. Hussein took his first drink at age 12, and by 17, he was a drug addict. While watching TV one day, he heard a message of God, that God loved drug addicts and could save them from addiction. In faith, he prayed to Christ, and made a commitment to follow him, his addiction was broken instead of being overjoyed at their son 's healthy transformation. His parents threatened and mocked him, and their persecution went beyond words hussein 's father reported him to authorities and he was arrested. This was sixteen or seventeen year old what seventeen i 'm sorry seventeen year old boy that 's barely older than my son. This is his father speaking. I hope they decide to hang you. If they do, I will be the one who will put the rope around your neck for the crime of apostasy. That's growing up as a Muslim and leaving the faith. Has anybody ever thought about, thought about their child in that way? I hope not. This man said, I want to be the one to put the rope around your neck. When we do witness to people, do we do it making it sound like it's such an easy thing? Or do we tell people, if you follow Christ, you might be persecuted. Do we give them that that hard choice? I think the disciples did. Or they saw the disciples' lives and realized, you know, if I follow this Christ, I might not live very long. But the benefits are, outweigh any fears that I have. And I think if we do witness to people, don't do it too easily, people. Let people know. And I, I can't predict. I'm not a prophet. I, I don't know if, if super persecution will ever come to the States. But it sure looks like it. Um, I don't wish for it. Nobody should wish for it. But I hope we live our lives today As if it will happen. And make the reality of persecution real in people's eyes. Because Jesus Jesus said it numerous times. Paul said it numerous times. If you follow Jesus, you'll be persecuted. And sometimes I wonder, is it God's grace that has kept us from being persecuted? Or is it our weak lives, our weak witness, that is causing us not to be persecuted? Because when we speak up for the name of Jesus... People hate it. People don't like that. One more statement, and then we'll watch some videos. This is from a a newsletter in 1993. Sorry, excuse me. Brethren and sisters doing underground work have a special mentality, difficult for those living an ordinary life to grasp. This life of American bubble that you're talking about. A woman who was asked if she did not fear the terrible danger of being apprehended and tortured replied, I surely would not like our work to be discovered. As for my person, as for my person, it is something else. Torturers are men who would never go to church, read a holy book, or frequent the homes of believers. Their only chance to be saved is to have a Christian prisoner before them to speak to them about Jesus, about Christ with love, even while being beaten. Throughout church history, many saints have brought their tormentors to heaven. Yes, Voice of the Martyrs is a prayer ministry, and that is... This newsletter is, is, is what I want everybody to go home with and I hope y'all are signing up for it. But as I've learned in six years, the, the most astounding part of, of, of my learning is not just to see how people endure. We, we can maybe pray for them and they, they could grit their teeth and, okay, I'm going to make it through. And they do. But the most amazing thing is the love. If people came on our shores with guns and tanks and stuff, we could grit our teeth. And we could fight and we could endure. But only a Christian, only ones that have Jesus Christ and His Spirit inside of us can say, but I love you. And I'm a sinner just like you and I want you to go to heaven with me. I've heard of stories of kids my son's age or younger, 10 year old kids going to a prison official or maybe a town official that had their house burned down or actually killed their pastor father and say, Sir, can I tell you about Jesus? And uh, that only a powerful God can do in our lives. The world can't do that for us. Um, I've got. We were going to cut that one little short one out. Okay, I can't remember which one. I think this is the full length one. Um, I've got three videos. I want you to. I want you to watch how Alex spent several years, hoping to find and tell his persecutor about Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I want you to watch how Shan, and I'm not sure if these are in the, in the same order, but just keep the names in mind. I want you to watch how Shan had the opportunity and did escape from prison, but returns for a godly reason. And watch how Safina, I think I got that name right, I had Safina and Serena, there's two different people. I think I've got Safina, but it doesn't matter. Watch how she tells us how persecution should be a normal part of life, or at least something to be expected.
0: At this point, you can go watch the three Voice of the Martyrs videos in the message section for this particular talk.
1: Was that not a man of joy? See the smile on his face? I can tell you how to make somebody just that happy in just a minute by sending them letters. He kept talking about he needed a Bible. But I don't think it was just for a... Not selfish, but just a personal reason. I want a Bible. I don't know for certain, but I have a feeling he had church going on in that prison. And he needed that Bible. Um, Abraham Bentar, about six years ago, was imprisoned in, prison in uh, Indonesia. He was turned in by his three blood brothers, arrested at his home, dragged into the street, Beaten, his van was rolled and destroyed, and he was convicted for having an illegal, unregistered church service in his home. Um, Indonesia is thousands of miles long and many thousands of islands. He got sent way far away, and uh, Voices of the Martyrs' contact uh, was visiting his wife, and uh, she made this statement. I could petition the government to have my husband brought closer to me so I could visit him, but it would disrupt the church that he has going on in prison. How many of us would have that attitude? And there's nothing wrong with wanting your husband or your wife home from prison. But she had the attitude, he's going to take a lot of these people to heaven and that will be forever. And I can endure the temporary... Pain of of having my husband gone. So tonight, I hope you've just gotten a taste of what true persecution is about. And I would say probably about a fourth of the the inhabitants on this earth live through things just like that today. Not not a fourth of the whole people, but a fourth of the countries that we uh, that have in the world. Christians are are living these kind of lives. Um, Let me just share real quick how y'all can get involved with this ministry. Not not just to be involved in Voices of Martyrs. I'm not trying to start a program. That's never our our goal. Our goal is just to share stories, get this newsletter in y'all's hands, and let you fall in love with these people. Um, I told Jeff... I asked him if he knew I was a uh, linguistic genius. I wrote and printed Farsi in about three minutes. This starts out by saying, You are accounted worthy to suffer for his name. I pray the eyes and ears and hearts of those who persecute you may be open to Jesus. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And this is to a man named Farsid Fati in Iran. And... Any one of y'all can do this on your computer. What this is, is prisoneralert.com. I could write the very same thing, not handwrite or not type out, but there's a drop down menu that everybody can go to and click on each one of these lines. I want to do, I want to say this, I want to say this, or I want this verse. And if the guy's in Colombia, it'll print it in Spanish. If he's in Iran, it'll print it in Farsi or Chinese, Mandarin, or whatever language they speak. And there's about 20 people that are in prison at any one time where we know their address, we know they can get mailed. And, uh, Bunchan was one of those men. He is, he is free now. Every one of these people you saw, they're not stories. They're not history. They're living, they're, they're alive right now, trying to live out their Christian life. And it's not easy. And you saw the joy on his face. That, that was an actor, but you saw the real man at the end. That was that was him. and the joy that he felt when he got letters from people in Argentina and US, wherever they have access to a computer, they can do this. And um, it cost about a dollar four, I think, for international uh, postage that 's all it costs. And I would suggest if you got kids, your grandkids, let them color it up, let them decorate it. Send a picture of the mountains or, or your family or whatever. Just don't make it personal. Don't put an address. or. Uh, I was, When I do this, I put their name and that's it. We don't know that these will always get to the people that are intended, but we do know that God's Word will not come back void. God gets them to the people He wants. So I, I am convinced there's going to be postal workers, there's going to be prison guards, in heaven someday because they got one of these letters, they stole it from who it's meant to be. But so many thousands of these letters get to prisoners and uh, it just gets them through the day. Uh, one warning is if your printer prints out a little tag here that says prisoner alert, please cut that off or program your computer not to print that because that can cause an official to think, oh, he's... He's connected with some international organization or some church, or it doesn't matter what it is. They'll make up a, a story, so that will connect them to to somebody. So please, for their safety, cut those off and and send these letters. It, it um, we Abraham that I mentioned, he had like three or four bags, three or four thousand letters that he brought home to this dear wife, just to show this is. This is what I got in prison, and this is what kept me going day by day. Um, another another way that we can help is uh, um, uh, persecution com. It's on your newsletter when you get it. Uh, there are newsletters on the table here. Please grab one or two or three. Uh, persecution com is the main website for Voice of the Martyrs. Real simple. Um, go to it, and you can find. All these on the website. I don't have enough time tonight to, to share with all the ways that y'all can get involved. Um, you can buy patterns for parachutes, about three foot diameter parachutes. And it shows you how to sew them, how to put the little strings on them. And a man uh, who I met and heard speak twice, his name is Russell Stendahl. He was an American at age 10. He, he prayed for his parents to be missionaries. They said, you're crazy. Uh, well, a few years later, he was in Columbia as a 10-year-old kid. And uh, his parents are uh, with the Lord now. Russell has been there for another 40 years. And um, he's, he has set up radio stations all over Colombia. He has two channel uh, solar radios. There's preaching on one station and gospel music on the other. And he drops these out of airplanes with Bibles and with, with other books that Voice of the Martyrs publishes and also tracks and drops these radios out of planes. And uh, many times he, he targets these FARC rebels that, that attack Alex. Uh, they're the drug lords. Um, they're ruthless, but they're coming to know the Lord. And Where 30 years ago he was a lone wolf out there, and, and he had to, he was totally on his own. The president of Colombia is now seeing the lives changed in the FARC rebels, and he is giving Alex, I mean, a Russell, more freedom for when the, when he needs a, a, a permission to do another radio tower or whatever. Uh, protection by his government to go to a certain area, he's getting that protection because this probably unbelieving president still sees a change in these people's lives. So we can make... Uh, he sends out tens of thousands of these every year. So if you have a Sunday class, maybe they can make... Or the kids, they can they can make parachutes for Russell. Um, action packs. Uh, I, I don't know which countries you go to currently, but that's that's on the website. You buy these bags for, excuse me, um, I think it's $7 currently. And these are just suggested items. Uh, blankets, jackets, sweaters, um, gloves and mittens, uh, knit hats, socks, towels, bars of soap, uh, toys. Um, many times... Uh, you 've heard of Darfur and uh, Southern Sudan. many tens of thousands of these gone, have gone out to uh, the people in southern Sudan. Uh, a blanket could be all that they have to make to get them through the winter and there 's literally tens of thousands of ten and twelve and 15 year old kids just wandering Sudan their parents both the parents have been killed. The government does nothing. And they're they're just orphans wandering, grouped together as kids just to survive. And Voice of the Martyrs has, has delivered many of these to to Sudan and other countries. Um, you supply the stuff that goes in them, and you supply the cost to 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 get them to Bartlesville, Oklahoma, which is the headquarters. That seven dollars gets it on a big truck or plane to where it goes. Uh, that that's a great blessing. Um, Jeff mentioned signing up and getting a, a devotion. Well, that doesn't, uh, signing up doesn't get you this extreme devotion. Uh, if you go to the website and go to VOM groups, uh, you'll have to sign up with a, a, a name and a password to get that. But you can sign up for a daily email. Uh, one of our books over here is Extreme Devotions. I've only got one. Of those. I've got three Jesus Freaks. Um, they're just one or two page, devotions, are on the line of Fox's Book of Martyrs, some of them are biblical times, some are Reformation, Middle Ages times, and many of them are current stories, uh, you can get those one a day on your computer through an email, and um, it should bless you just tremendously just to see the, the things that God does in people's lives and, and the courage that they have to live uh, Bibles Unbound uh, is a program where we can buy Bibles and have them uh, sent in. Sometimes they're actually mailed to a person that says, I-, I want this Bible. The program has changed a little bit through the years, so the best thing is just go to the website. We used to be able to get them and and take them and send them out ourselves, but a lot of times they were stolen, so the, the country's changed, the, the demographics of that changes from time to time, so... You just go to the website and, and uh, research that. VO and medical, many of these people, especially in Muslim countries, if they're shot and hurt, um, brought to a hospital, that administrator might look at them and say, I saw you go in that church. You ain't coming into this hospital. And they're bleeding to death. Uh, Voice of the Mars has a group of uh, doctors that uh, many times go in and, and, and put people back together. Because the local people won't deal with them. And there's many other things on our website. Um, I have no idea. I really don't care what y'all do when I leave. Not that I don't care. But I never hear what people do when I leave. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not trying to start a program. I just want you to to get involved and let these these people change your prayer lives. And let your your prayers change their lives. And they they beg so many people around the world. We we continually, not myself, but of the martyrs' people, when they go and, and they meet a widow or, or somebody, a, a child that's whose dad's in prison, or somebody whose church has been burned down, they say, "What what can we do?" And the number one answer is pray. And they don't ask, please. Please pray to God that this stops. They don't even do that. They say, pray that God let me live through this and let me live honorably, and let me share Christ with my persecutors. So thank you for allowing me to be here tonight. The um, resource table is by donation only. book could be 20 dollars or two dollars. It doesn't matter. It's, it's by donation only. Please be generous if you can. But um, we've got several books and videos. Please pick up a newsletter. And um, thank you very much.
0: Well, thank you, David, for that. I guess the, the takeaway, is what it should be with any message, what, what are you going to do with it? Awesome presentation, videos. That that was a video. And so if you were moved like I was, that's a video. We all track it together. Our problems for the most part, don't
1: don't make the radar. And never will. One more plug. As you go to the website, com. go to media, and that'll take you to newsletters. Uh it will go back 8 or 10 years. There's videos all over the website. And there's articles about these people. And uh, YouTube. Just type in "Voice of the Martyrs and you'll get all kinds of stuff. So the takeaway tonight would be David will
0: be here to answer any questions you have. Let's pray. Let's witness. Let's get ourselves to church. If you're not plugged into a Bible study, get plugged in quick. If you don't pray with us on a regular basis, come. It's not a joke. This was an hour presentation. Like you said, it just scratches the surface. So let God break my heart. Let let, Let Him break all of our hearts for our pettiness and for our refusal to share the gospel and getting hung up on things that are not essential to it at all. Because that's where the church in America is. So let's do something. One of Francis Chan's greatest messages ever, the title is Do Something with Last Week's Message. That's it. Do something with Last Week's Message. Let this not be a time where we heard powerful stuff and go away unchanged. Please, uh, for those of you who didn't get a chance to sign up on the email list, do it. Get on the website. Get on YouTube. And let's pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. They are people, and they're our family. Right, David? They're our family. So I love y'all, and uh, I know a lot of times things like this are tough for us to hear and to see. And we're Americans, so if you're like me, you just want to get up and do something, do something to rip somebody's chains off and break down a prison wall. But a lot of that is rooted in often pride and self-will. Let us humble ourselves and our knees and say, God, you can do more than we ever can and let's pray. Alright? Once again, David will be here with any questions that you have. David, we appreciate you. And listen, um, like he said, it's donation only, but don't, obviously, we're not going to try to skimp. Amen? If you need the resources, you can get those. But I'd encourage you to give uh, in the plate. And if you need to have some more thought about that, you can always go on to persecution.com and you can give uh, at a later time you can give tonight and give uh, later on as well. Let's pray. Father, we are humbled by the example of your power in the lives of our brothers and sisters in these places. God, would you forgive us for our prayerlessness? Would you forgive us for getting busy? To the point to where you and your work and talking to other people about you, even reading your word, take a backburn. Lord, as the brother said in the video, once I read the Bible, I was encouraged to keep on fighting. Lord, some of us have laid down our swords. We we've, we've, we've just we've just placated to the culture just to, to come and to give and to be a southern Church churchgoer. But God, let, let us just rise up and say, I'm going to win my family and my friends to Christ, if even if it means they think I'm a little weird. Would you help us, Father, to have your courage? We pray, God, that you would bless David and for bringing this awareness to, to us and other churches. We pray God that you would bless him and his son and his family. And Lord, I thank you for Lee and Becky for letting me know that he was going to be here. We thank you, God, for this time tonight. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters that have carved out time in everybody's busy schedule to come and to be informed about reality. And we pray finally, Father, that you would give our persecuted brothers and sisters power to remain strong and for the persecutors that they would come to faith in you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray.